From Toronto, Canada, The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. Welcome to the Audio Imaginarium. Come on in, weary traveler. Hang your cloak on a peg, grab a stool, and come gather around the fire. There are stories to be told, and you are among friends. The Crop Circle Gal, a filmmaker Patty Greer, is here to talk about attempts to suppress the work of Crop Circle researcher, the late Lefty Levengood, and the attempts to silence her own work on crop circles. Uh, we'll also discuss Levengood's research into the super seeds found inside crop circles and how they could feed the world. A programming note, get on up to my live events page at strangeplanet.ca. A couple of things going on this summer. I'm going to be moderating a roundtable on UFO disclosure at the Alien Cosmic Expo coming up on Sunday, June 24th. The conference runs June 22, 23, 24 at the Toronto Airport Marriott Hotel. You can go to my live events page again at strangeplanet.ca or uh, to order tickets, more information at aliencosmicexpo.com. Stanton Friedman, Richard Dolan, Linda Moulton Howe, Grant Cameron, and others will be there. Uh, Linda will be here on uh, The Conspiracy Show in a few weeks and also... Uh, Victor Vigiani, Stu Bundy from MUFON, and Chris Stiles, co-author of Dark Object. Uh, this is a story of Canada's Roswell, the Shag Harbor Uf- UFO incident. They'll be here uh, next week. So let's talk crop circles and the latest research. Patty Greer is a prominent UFO filmmaker who produced eight full-feature UFO films in ten years that received eight prestigious awards, including five EBEs. At the International UFO Congress Convention, her films offer unrelenting evidence and explosive footage of crop circles being produced by spinning plasma balls of light. Greer's conclusion after producing eight UFO films and working closely with Penny Kelly, the real lab partner of the great scientist William Levengood for the final 16 years of his life, is that crop circles are produced by counter-rotating spinning plasma vortices coming out of the earth not from the sky. Hey, Patty, welcome to The Conspiracy Show. How are you? I am great, Richard. It's nice to be on again. Geez, where to begin? So much uh, so much news. I want to start with, you know, we've sort of talked around this, but we haven't really talked about it. And, you know, you, you have been targeted. Uh, you have had so many, you've had websites hacked, you've had your films basically held hostage what is it about what you're trying to do that makes you so dangerous? <laughs> makes me so dangerous. Well, in the eyes of who's it, ever doing this. Why do they why do they feel threatened by you, I guess is what I'm asking. I believe I'm the only person that's ever come clean a hundred percent about William Levengood and Penny Kelly's work in the lab on crop circles. And nobody else, for some reason, is given the straight story, which I think is their job. And I came into the field, literally into the crop circle fields, completely green. I wasn't into ufology. I was never a researcher of anything of the kind, secret space, crop circles, aliens. It wasn't on my plate. I was kind of thrown into it without knowing that I was going to be the one that they picked to bring Lefty's work forward. And Lefty is what we call William Levengood, uh, what they called him in the lab, good friends called him. But nobody ever heard the name Penny Kelly. So she was this great secret partner of William Levengood for the last 16 years of his life that nobody knew about because they didn't want the science of crop circles getting out 
to the public. Okay, we'll talk about supersedes and, and things like that in a moment, but I just want to, if you don't mind, I want to delve in a little further because I think the, the suppression, you know, it's funny that the disclosure movement's always talking about the government suppressing this and the government suppressing that and what does this breakaway civilization have when, why are they keeping this technology from us? And yet it would appear that some of the people at the very top of the so-called disclosure movement are also in on the suppression. Absolutely, without a doubt. It is the biggest acting field you could imagine. And I used to love everyone. I mean, I toured with all the big names for the last 10 years, and I started realizing there was fish. (laughs) It just smelled like fish backstage. And it's not like I was looking to unfriend anyone, but uh, there's a difference in people that are into it for... The fact that they're actually contactees and they want to talk about it. And then there's those who actually were mind controlled as children and I don't think they even know what they're doing. I think they might actually believe what they're saying. I don't think it's even on purpose. But that particular group, which is, yeah, a lot of the people at the top, I call the field egophology. And again, I don't think it's their fault. I think once you get wound up in this clan energy and you're like broskies with all the big names and you're on ancient aliens and coast to coast all the time and you're a regular here. And um, But what's happening now, and it's a title of a show I dropped yesterday with Alfred Lambermont Weber. He said, what's your title? And I said, Alfred, it's this. Everything that people need to know is in plain sight, but nobody appears to be looking. That's the problem. People don't want to see David Wilcock introduce Corey Good as, this is my friend who was in a my lab situation from 6 to 36 years old. He actually introduced him at the L.A. Conscious Life Expo or something. But that's how David introduced him. I watched the video. My friend is a MyLab Muppet, which is a mind-controlled puppet. I don't think he can help himself. And then there's Richard Dolan. He was about to expose Corey Good because Corey accidentally in his, shall we say, memorizing script would accidentally drop words like, monetization instead of militarization and they don't really coincide but it was like an oops so you know even Richard went and did 10 shows for the TV and at the end of laying down 10 shows he had to redo the last four because he outed Corey Good and he also said too much about the stuff in America that they don't want people to know And he really was angry when I saw him that he had to redo four shows. And sure enough, he did it. And bang, he got another series. So it's in your face. Right. Well, there's no question that it has become, when I say it, this whole arena, ufology, it's become an industry, a bit of a circus, right? There's no data. It's just people up there telling stories. And I'm a time traveler and I I was on Mars and all of this sort of thing. And it is sort of spun out of control and undermined the whole credibility just when it seemed like some inroads were starting to be made. Uh, it's a serious matter, but I don't understand why they're working at cross-purposes with you. I mean, you're both interested in finding the truth, I would hope. 
I told the truth. Bottom line, I didn't come in with an agenda. I don't work from a place of ego, ego, look at me, I want to be famous. None of that was, you know, anything that I came in with. I didn't research crop circles, luckily, so that I wasn't misinformed by the two most famous, I'm sorry to say charlatans, Colin Andrews and Nancy Talbot. And I, I haven't called names out until now because it is so in your face, but people have got to start realizing it is Colin Andrews. He was paid by Rockefeller to create this lie about the Oliver's Castle footage of two balls of light laying a crop circle down in seconds. And I'm the only one that for some reason found a binary code between the two balls of light and I know how it happened and it happened in front of an innocent editor who will still say today it was one of the most profound moments of his editing career. We finished my first movie called The Wake Up Call. Anybody listening? And I was like, oh, wow, what an easy thing to make a movie. This is crazy. 77 minutes. How perfect. My favorite number. Let's hit it to render. Let's go out on the deck, get some air, and then come in and watch it like a movie. So we start to walk out on the deck and I looked over my shoulder at the gear that was supposedly going to calm, cool down and everything had been shut off after the render. And um, there was this big blue orb on the monitor. And I looked at the editor and I said, oh, you didn't unplug the monitor or turn it off. And he said, uh, yeah, I did. And I said, what's that blue orb on it? So we both walked up to the monitor and I'm staring at this gorgeous orb with sacred geometry and all these patterns inside. And I looked carefully and I know orbs and I recognize some from others. And I said, that dang thing is not in the movie. Where did that come from? And all of a sudden, all of the physical sensations that happen to me when I walk in a crop circle that's real, most of them were, is that the hair went up on my arms, little teeny girl hairs, tingles, top of my head, chills, goosebumps, head to toe. And it was like, oh, my God, they're in the house. Now, how can I say this to an editor? So he's looking at me, and he sees me slightly shapeshift, I imagine, because the words were, you look weird. <laughs> so, I mean, it wasn't like you don't look pretty. It was you look weird. And I could tell because I had complete goosebumps everywhere. And I said, we're not alone. Turn the gear back on. Well, I thought we were going to take No, we're not taking a break. Hit the gear back up. So we lit it all back up. I said, show me the Oliver's Castle footage. So we looked at it and... That little voice that William Levengood used to always talk about in the lab when he found the most miraculous miracles, it was that little voice in his head. Not the crazy voice, but the little voice of wisdom, that telepathic wonder between us and the other worlds. And there it was. And I look at the editor and I said, reverse the footage. He says, why? I said, I don't know. Do it. So we reversed it. We looked at it and I said, slow it down. He says, how slow? I said, I have no idea, 30%. Literally like that. It was in the same breath. And we looked at each other, and I was like, I'm not sure what's happening, but do it. So we slowed it down. We reversed it, 30% slower. And bang, there it was. I yelled, stop, lock, 
screenshot that frame. Holy crap. What is that between those two balls of light in the Oliver's Castle? 1996 crop circle footage. Right before those two balls of light laid the crop circle down, there was a binary code, and I grabbed it. Now, nobody else has ever seen it, and the interesting thing is that I ended my first film with the binary code, and I was like, oh, my God, thank God I'm so green. I had no idea, but this is really real. So that's the end of my first movie, and nobody noticed. I had no acknowledgement, even from the real crappies in England. They were like, nobody said anything. So then I made movie two, which is about, um, I interviewed 29 of the greatest researchers in 2008 that used to be alive at the International UFO Congress Convention. I interviewed uh, Dr. Roger Lear, Jim Mars, Wendell Stevens, who gifted me the largest UFO archive in the world of photos he gave to me freely. How do these people know to be so nice to me? (laughs) But they had seen my first movie show, The Wake Up Call. Anybody listening? Question mark. Those guys, the real deal, the four-star generals that were in the plane or flying the plane when they saw the E.T. outside the window or the craft or the moving balls of light, these are the real guys. And unfortunately, most of them have been mm, killed or they died of natural causes. But there's too many good guys that are gone now. Cynthia Crawford. Dolores Cannon. Mm-hmm. Some of them may be old age, but the 29 that are in my film, I got to tell you, at least a third of them are gone now. And those were the best interviews. And not a lot of people got those same stories because I was the new girl. I was the fresh face. And I was asking really innocent questions that people want to know. So that was movie two. It's called UFOs, ETs, Abductees, and Brilliant Minds. And, I mean, people were making my toes curl because Wendell Stevens back then knew about all the popes and the black popes and the real history. Jim Mars always knew the real history. So the people that were really coming forth with, in my opinion, the best information of all time, most of them are gone or they're definitely not allowed to speak anymore. Let me jump in here, Patty, because we're going to take a, a quick time out, come back and continue to delve into crop circles. We'll talk about the work of William Levengood, and we'll talk about super seeds and how the the effect that's going on inside crop circles could, in effect, feed the world. Back with more with Patty Greer right here on The Conspiracy Show. Don't go away. The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. We are back with Patty Greer. Uh, before we move forward, let's explain what this plasma vortex theory is all about. Absolutely. This is the truth about how crop circles are happening, and I don't know if anybody's talked about it. But William Levengood and Penny Kelly discovered in the lab, what I want to say while we're talking about this, my website is cropcirclefilms.com. I have photos on every page, beautiful archive images of my favorite crop circles, the wheat, the nodes, all these things we're about to talk about on my website in photos, cropcirclefilms.com. And as you look at a photo of a crop circle, needless to say, it's going to tell you a heck of a lot more then somebody talking about it. So as you're looking at it, you're going to really get the full picture. 
So Lefty and Penny in the lab received hundreds and thousands after a while of pieces of wheat, corn, barley, oats, all kinds of crop circle plants. And they received the stalks in bundles from different crop circles in different countries, different seasons, like early in May we get the canola in southern England. And then it moves into wheat, corn, and barley. And, you know, it's swaying and it's green and it's fresh and beautiful and supple. Now those, when they lay down, sometimes they start to rise back up. But then you get June, July, August, where they start to go brown and they get brittle. Now, when you get an August crop circle made in brittle wheat and it's not all broken where it bends, that's going to take your breath away because how do they do that to hundreds of thousands of pieces of wheat? And we're not talking about a 10 by 10 crop circle. We're talking about acres of crop laid down and they're not always circles. There's unbelievable sacred geometry. There's binary code crop circles. There's all kinds of different messages coming to humanity, and they're coming naturally from the earth. So here we go with the science. People want to say, oh, Doug and Dave, boards and ropes, or Team Satan, boards and ropes. Or they're going to say the military with their satellite lasers. B.S. I mean, yeah, there's a few, but so what? The real technology that William and uh, Penny discovered by measuring the magnetics of the wheat in the center, 10 feet out, 20 feet out, 30 feet out, and then out to the very edge of the formation, they started to realize that the wheat was thrown down in one fell swoop to lay a circle. And the energetics actually got stronger on the outside of the circle. Now, a lot of people sat on the outside, but I was always drawn to the middle. I put my head down and closed my eyes, and I didn't talk to anybody while I was in the crop circles. And so by measuring the magnetics and looking at the changes of the nodes, they realized that it was, in fact, a vortex of spinning plasma that laid those formations down. And then they realized that there were two vortices working in the field at the same time. And then they discovered further that these vortices of spinning plasma frequencies had a variety of different frequencies with distinct boundary conditions. Some of them were microwave, which was probably more military imposed, and the wheat would die. The field would die. But then they had a lot more higher frequencies, and they realized that they were definitely coming out of the earth. And they realized that almost 96 or 7% of them were sitting over an aquifer of water, as well as high 90 percentages were always located on the map on a ley line. And a ley line is a direct line between two sacred sites. So you've got high spiritual energy, you've got water, and you've got earth energy. A lot of limestone, too, isn't there? Mm, I don't think limestone, it's chalk. Chalk, right, right, chalk. Well, we had a splint covered with chalk. And I'm glad you brought that up because I used to bring home, when I was in the formations, I'd always clip 
um, wheat from the very center of the formation, and I would always grab the stones that I found, which I've never seen anywhere else on Earth. And what they are is exploded chalk, exploded bits of flint covered in chalk. And the flint came in like a tan, in a blue, in a gray, in a black. So there was all these different varieties of a very hard stone, but they were all broken, all exploded, and all of them on the exterior side were covered in chalk. So that's what appeared to be under all of the ones that I went in, in Wiltshire, England, which is the epicenter due to the fact it's sitting over the largest aquifer in the world. And if you look at a map of ley lines in southern England, it looks like a spider web. There are more sacred sites there than anywhere else on Earth. What about the, weren't you also finding, or, or Lefty Good was finding, was it iron molecules around the crops? Brilliant, yes. I'm glad you mentioned it. They actually found leaves, the samples of leaves that were sent to the lab were really hard, and it was an orange-colored, felt like metal to them. And when they peeled it off the leaf or the stalk or the seeds, the tops of the plant, it actually held the pattern of the plant, the veins of the leaf. So whatever it was, it had to be molten when it landed on the leaf to mold to it. And it turns out it was iron oxide, which has to be 1,200 degrees Fahrenheit to be molten. Now, how does something 1,200 degrees Fahrenheit blow over a field of wheat and not catch it on fire, not burn the wheat, whereas instead it just landed on it and held the plant? So now we've got this question of what is all this heat and where does it come from? Well, when you start spinning plasma in counter-rotating vortices, it goes faster and faster and faster. You're going to get some big hot heat. And when Penny discovered, uh, she, she describes this in my final film, which I thought was final, but now I have to remake it because the masters got hit. Uh, it's called Crop Circle Diaries. And that's the one I think... Uh, I'm just going to say the cabal was most scared that I would make because it's the entire Penny and Lefty story and how they got rid of Lefty, um, how they hid his work all these years, how they made him just not even want to be here. But what they had was the fact that plants are made of cellulose, Penny says, which is ultimately a form of plastic. And when you put boiling water in plastic, you're going to change its form. So something hit the wheat, which was the spinning plasma fields. It heated the stalks so much that all of them blew their nodes out. So now we've got, and a node is the elbow. As the stalk goes up, every five, six inches, there's a support in the plant. And then it grows another five, six inches, and it grows like an elbow support in the plant. Right. Well, these elbows are called nodes. And when they got all these samples at the lab, the nodes had all been exploded or burned and blown, which means it exploded and then there was a black mark and it blew open. Any idea so what kind of temperature we'd be talking about? 
Well, we know that it was more than 1,200 degrees to get the iron ore there. Oh, right. I did hear wow. temperature of the plants. But we also had elongated nodes. So the heat even stretched the node and turned it into two nodes with like a half inch between them. So what we have here is biophysical evidence. And you'll see a lot of those photos on my website. Again, cropcirclefilms.com. And in all my movies, I'm showing the nodes because that is why they're so upset with me. All I am is evidence. I didn't study Nancy Talbot or Colin Andrews or any of the others that give you a certain amount, but then they have to mix it up with enough to confuse you and muddy your brain so that you're going, uh, 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 I don't know. But I didn't have any of that. I came in green. I'm still green today. Yeah. I don't want to see their stuff. I want to say Patty Greer has been in more than 100 crop circles. I'm going to tell you what I saw, what I felt, and then after six movies and six awards, I still didn't know the science. It wasn't until Lefty died in 2013 that he was stirring in the background. And Penny says he was so active after he left that she'd see books fall off shelves or she'd see silverware move on the table. She saw the most bizarre things and she'd just laugh and go, oh, Lefty, you're so funny. So a year after he dies, he brought me and Penny together, and I'm positive it was him. And it was in Michigan. It was at an event I did. They brought me out, and at the end of the first day of speaking, a gentleman came up and he asked me if I'd go for a ride with him. He had somebody he wanted me to meet. I didn't know him, so I said, perhaps tomorrow night after I ask around who you are. Sure enough, he took me to Penny Kelly's house, but he didn't tell me who she was. So we're there four hours. We're talking about everything but crop circles. And I, it's two in the morning. I said, you know, you're really nice, but I got to go. Stan, please drive me back to the hotel because I have to speak in the morning. As I'm leaving, she says, well, let me give you one of my books. I said, oh, great. Let me give you one of my movies. So we, you know, we did our trade and I looked at her book, but I didn't read who wrote it. And I went through the pages and I was like, oh, my God, crop circle nodes. What are they doing in your book? And she looks at him and she looks at me and she goes, you didn't tell her who I am? Now, it's two in the morning, Richard. I'd been there four hours. Hmm. And I was like, oh, who are you? And she said, I was the real partner of William Levengood for the last 16 years of his life. And I was like, wait a minute, what about Nancy Talbot? And she just laughed. She goes, she was expelled from the lab last century, like 1998, 99, for bad behavior. Lefty never spoke with her again. Well, interesting that Lefty died and Burke died of BLT. She's the only one still standing. Well, that appears to be what's going on in the field today. Sorry to say it, but that's what's happening. Well, what happened to so, Lefty? I mean, I know they discredited him and he, during his Ph.D., hearing they tried to discredit him but but how did he end up dying is it suspicious you know i can't say if it was because i wasn't there then and i didn't know to ask that question hmm. i didn't know so i i haven't but that's a very interesting question well, was he elderly you know, he, he was elderly and he had a very funny habit which which is this little ditty at the end of crop circle diaries penny comes back in and she goes you know lefty had a funny habit which was he had the same meal every night for dinner he made spaghetti once a week the sauce right. and then every night he would just make a salad to go with it but the guy never ate anything but spaghetti sauce and a salad for 50 years oh my god i mean well that's what happens yeah. when you you're dedicated to your work you don't have time to think about that other stuff 
That's exactly what he said, Richard. He said, I don't have time for that crap. I need to do my work. And he really did. Lefty, beyond a shadow of a doubt, knew more than anybody else. He was studying plants and soil for more than 50 years. But when he moved into crop circle research in the 1980s, everything else went to the side because he saw those nodes. He saw those blown nodes, expanded nodes. That was it. He said, I've got to get to the bottom of this. So he takes these samples into the lab and he's looking at the seeds and he's going, okay, there's something going on here. And he's testing the seeds and, you know, they're, they're strong and they're healthy, but he didn't find the miracle until all of a sudden he was cleaning his desk one day. All right, a cliffhanger. We're going to take a time out. Hold on, Patty. Crop Circle gal, Crop Circle filmmaker, extraordinaire, award-winning filmmaker, Patty Greer. Stay with us. Shaking the world and seeing what falls. This is The Conspiracy Show with Richard Sarrett. We are back with Patty Greer. We were talking about William Levengood in the lab, examining these uh, seeds that had come from crops inside a crop circle. So what did he discover? What he discovered by accident, but it wasn't. It was that little voice again that we talk about. And Lefty taught me about the little voice. From the other side, he taught me. But what he discovered was that when he was cleaning his desk, there was this little envelope of old seeds from a crop circle that he had lost. And they were in a stack of papers. So he pulls out the paper, and he goes, Ugh, the seeds are shriveled. I lost them. So he starts to throw them in the trash, and that little voice said, "Mm -mm, Nope, don't do that. So he he pulled it literally out of the trash, and he looked at the seeds, and they were all shriveled, and he said no proper seedsman would do anything with these seeds. But the little voice said, stick them in the germination paper and stick them in the germination tank. So he did, and they grew like gangbusters. What he realized was that when he worked with consciousness and let the seeds take a few months to have no light, no water, no attention. They were like fighting. That little seed of life inside the seed was fighting to survive. And when he took it out and they gave it conscious attention, water, in the germination tank, the seeds exploded. And they grew 30 to 400% more food and biofuel experiment after experiment after experiment nonstop. He kept doing it over and over, and these plants not only grew more food and biofuel per seed, but they had 75% consistently more nutrition per plant. Plus, they couldn't kill them. Too hot, too cold, too wet, too dry. The seeds survived. So now we've got seeds that can grow in Siberia and the heat of Mexican summer. We've got super seeds happening in crop circles. Non-GMO super seeds. Very non-GMO and Mm. very non-toxic. But I forgot to get to the punchline of how Lefty brought me and Penny together. After she and I realized who she was, I looked at her at 2.15 in the morning and I said, I can't believe I was here four hours. You have to invite me back. So she said, well, interesting you would ask. Yeah. Lefty's wake a year after his death, is next month. We'd like you to come. So I was like, I'll be there. 
So I had to drive all the way back to Colorado, 1,500 miles, and I drove right back to Michigan a month later to stay with Penny for three days, go to the wake. And um, I said, my gosh, thank you. I'd love to. So it's now, you know, late, late. And I said, Stan, please take me back to the hotel. Penny, it's amazing to meet you. I can't wait to spend more time. So I get back to the hotel, and this gig that I had, I was the keynote, and there were psychics and healers, and everybody had a tent. And two of the main psychics were watching me walk up to the door of the hotel, and they're laughing. And I said, what's so funny? And she said, there's this lovely man next to you. And I thought, Stan followed me, and I'm looking left and right, and nobody's there. She said, he's tall, silver hair, silver goatee. Do you know who he is? And I said, I have no idea. She said, he has a message, and I need to give it to you. And I said, okay. She said, he wants you to know that he orchestrated this, and he's really glad it worked. And I said, ladies, I'll be right back. And I wailed through the parking lot, and I'm throwing my hands all over the place to get Stan's attention. Luckily, he looked in the rear view, backed up, and I'm now panting to death. And I said, what did, what did Lefty look like? And he said, uh, tall, silver hair, silver goatee. Why? And I said, oh, my God, he's here. <laughs> and he told those ladies that he orchestrated this. And Stan's just staring at me totally calm. And I said, why are you calm? I'm freaking out. He said, I did all of Penny's intuition courses. We expect these things. And he drove away. And Ah. that's how I met William Levengood. (laughs) In the flesh or in the spirit. All right, we'll uh, take another time out. We'll talk more about how super seeds can feed the world. And also, uh, something else I know that's very near and dear to your heart. And um, I know you're sort of in communication with some of the scientists behind it. Are you good for that as well? I'd love to talk about C60, yes. All right, let's do that. On the other side, Patty Greer, Crop Circle Filmmaker. Back with more in a moment. The owners of The System are asleep. Now we can play The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. Patty Greer stays with us, and uh, let's give them the website again, Patty, where they can watch your uh, watch your films. You can watch films, you can buy DVDs, you can buy the entire collection of eight movies that won a ton of awards and four soundtracks in one box for half price. CropCircleFilms.com. I also have a YouTube page with tons of free videos as well as trailers to all the movies, and then you'll want to pop over to the website and uh, you can stream them for five bucks for a week, or like I said, I can send you movies. But I want to say one more thing about meeting Lefty when he was on the other side. Not only did he bring Penny and I together, but when I drove across the country to come back to stay at her house, I was there, like I said, planned on three days, stayed for three weeks, because the very first night I got there, I lay down in the guest room, and I saw... Now, this time I had looked his face up. I knew what he looked like. I saw him walk through the door. The door was closed. I watched him walk through the wooden door. He came up to my bed. I totally pulled the covers up to my nose, (laughs) and I was pretty nervous. And he looked right at me, and I said, I know who you are. And he said, I did orchestrate this, and I'm really glad you're here. 
and I could probably hear my teeth going, (laughs) but it really freaked me out. So for me, none of this is some mystery because I keep seeing these things with my own eyes, as well as all of my films are me filming by myself with gear that I couldn't tell you anything other than lens and door that opens, and I spin these things. I have no training, but I did film most of my eight movies, and most of the music is my original music from the last 33 years before I started making films. So I'm starting to realize this was really planned. This was really a layout, you know, of my whole life prepping me for this. So I'm going to talk about how I got into the C60 because this is part of the unfortunate thing going on at UFO conferences now. I was a speaker at this event. I don't want to say its name. And I was a speaker the first year. I had a great audience. The second year, really great audience. But last year, actually in 2016, I was uh, the only girl sitting on the David Wilcock panel with all the, shall we say, rock stars of ufology. I was the girl in the middle. And the panel was great, and David is doing his pacing back and forth, wonderful intro. Bang! I got hit with a weapon Hmm. right above my heart. I was like, what the heck was that? And it threw me for a loop. Here I am on stage. There's cameras. There's lights. I got hit. And I'm thinking, okay, I'm imagining this. And I, uh, I was really alarmed. And I knew that there was a man in the audience that is very upset with my work getting out. And um, there he was. And I could see him. And I was like, uh-uh. I am totally imagining it. And he pointed something that looked like a cell phone. And bang, I got hit again. Excuse the volume, but that's how it hit me. It was just like shock. And at that point, I got up and left the stage. I didn't even care that there were thousands of people. I knew that I was sitting in a target range as the girl on the stage on the David Wilcock panel. Everybody's watching, and I got hit twice. And he missed my heart, thank God, or I wouldn't be here today, but he was aiming. And I got up and left the stage, and I went back, and I yelled at security and the owner of the event, one of the two, And I said, I told you yesterday, if I can see this guy, he's too close. And I got hit. And they were like, well, you know. Anyway, punchline was, that was 2016. And all of a sudden, and I'm just going to say this on your show, he was surrounded by three women that were powerful psychics. And all of a sudden, I could see one had a camera locked on him. And the three of them had actually, I learned later, all independently surrounded him with a mirrored wall. Actually, I saw two of them. I didn't even know who the third was, but I knew there had to be one. And it's not like I'm some woo-woo witch. I'm not. But I do honor psychic women, and I knew two of them had literally parked right on the left of him. And the other girl was four seats away from him. She came out of nowhere, but she knew that I left the stage because I got hit. And they filmed him. Did you go back and speak, or did you just leave? I sat back down on the stage, but it wasn't until a very interesting thing happened. She's glaring at him. She put the camera down. She started to rub the side of her head. And I'm like, oh, my God, what are you doing? And he's whispered to his girlfriend-looking thing, something, and then she started to massage his head. And I went, oh, my God, she gave him a migraine. Hmm. And then I saw him pour the water bottle on his ugly, bald head. And I was like... Oh, my God, she gave him a migraine. And he whispered again, and they got up and left, and they handed me the mic. 
So, yeah. But last year was really bad, 2017. I was invited to speak again, but two months before the gig, I got a call from the other owner, and she said, I um, I have three speakers too many, and I'm going to have to not have you speak. And I was like, what? Are they really controlling your event? And she said, well, no, I, I'm just, anyway. Punchline was she tried to get me not to come. And I said, I'm on your posters. I've been promoting. Don't screw with me after getting hit last year. What the heck's going on with you? I didn't realize she was already a Muppet, which is a mind-controlled puppet. She was wiped. She was no longer the same person at all. And ultimately, she got fired. She was the overall manager for 10 years. Boom. As soon as she started working with these people, they kicked her out. And the event is see, no longer there. See, I, I'm, I guess I'm not very bright. I still don't understand entirely because, you know, they've got their thing. They're looking at lights in the sky. They're trying to figure out, are they back engineering their technology and who has it and so forth? That's fine. That's interesting. You're almost in an entirely, I mean, I know there's some crossover here, but you're not focusing on the lights in the sky here. This is, it's almost in a separate arena. I don't get it. I'm the only one that told the truth about Lefty and Penny. I'm the only one that proved that they're coming out of the earth and counter-rotating yeah. vortices, spinning plasma. It's happening. Okay. It's real. So too much evidence. No, I don't so, doubt. doubt and, I don't. And I'm not doubting it's real. I'm just trying to climb inside yeah. their head and understand, you know, why they're so threatened. So is it that because they have their narrative of the way crop circles are formed, and it all has to do with ETs, and you're coming at it from an entirely different direction? Plus. You know, they're all about, hey, we've got to share this suppressed technology and it's all about free energy and, and all of this stuff. I mean, again, you're sort of on the same track, I would think, there. You're saying, hey, well, I've got a way we can feed the world. Right. But I'm also showing that a lot of crop circles, when you spin a mandala crop circle, it's a propulsion technology. I'm also showing that there's three different crop circles that are an exact schematic of free energy technologies. The crop circles are giving us the information that we need, and what they want is everybody to believe that those balls of light are fake. I'm the only one that said, heck no, I didn't listen to that guy lie about it with the Nippon TV team and all the money they seem to have spent. No, I came at it and I said, this is what I found. It came to me in a, you know, in a voice. So in 2017, I did come. And they know I don't do mornings, so they put me on Sunday morning at 7.32 in the biggest room trying to make me look like I can't get an audience. Terrible time. The place was packed. I asked everybody to get up and dance because they made the room 50 degrees. Everybody walked in and said, what? So I said, everybody up and dance. We heated the room. We blew it up. I had a line around the block of people that wanted movies because everybody's hungry to know what's going on. Bang, I got hit. I got hit so bad, Richard, in 2017. But they're doing really bad directed energy weapons that nobody can decide if it happened at the gig other than me because... When I got hit, I was on my way to the airport, and all of a sudden, I couldn't walk. I became paralyzed two days after that horrible desert event. I couldn't walk to get to the gate. I got on the plane. When I tried to get off the plane, I couldn't walk. They had to take me in a wheelchair to the gate. They had to take me in a wheelchair to the baggage claim. They had to take me in a wheelchair to my car. And I came home, and I'm like, I don't do doctors. I don't believe in them either anymore because it's all corrupt. So I luckily, thank you, lefty, thank you, goddess, whatever, 
I meet this guy, this scientist who came up to my house because I was, the house was getting hit after Crop Circle Diaries won best film and people's choice at the big UFO Congress last year, 2017. I got these great awards. I come home, bang, they hit my cabin in the woods. I couldn't sleep. I couldn't eat. I moved out. So I come back and I, I called around. I said, who's the scientist that can help me figure out if I'm, if my house is getting hit and they send me this cool guy named Ken. So he comes up to the house with these little devices and we figured out, yeah, it, they had cleared it a little bit, but he said, boy, you're really in rough shape. Why don't you try this oil that I make? And I looked at it and it's called C60 Purple Power. And I said, oh yeah, thanks, but somebody offered me some C60 and olive oil last year and I think it's still in my cabinet. It didn't do anything for me. And he goes, well, I don't use olive oil. I use a higher frequency of oil, much cleaner oil, plus I'm doing really high percentage C60. And C60 is the carbon 60 molecule. It's um, an absolute miracle. And in 19, I think it was 85, these three scientists actually discovered it. And in 1990, 10 years later, six or five, they got the Nobel Prize for discovering carbon 60. But they didn't elaborate on why why it's healing people, why it's healing animals, why it's healing plants. Carbon-60 is this brilliant molecule. Now we've got a few scientists that are mixing it into oils, but the best oils, in my opinion, are mixing it in coconut oil or avocado oil. Hmm. And the only guy doing that is C60 Purple Power. And he's in my house. He gives me a free bottle, and it's not exactly cheap. How do you do? Do you drink it? Is it a topical? What do you do with it? Well, I rub it all over my body, and I take it on a spoon in the morning. Mm. Actually, I used to take it on a spoon. Now I chug it like he does. Um, I watched him. You know, he just basically drinks it. So, you know, I've upped my game because I've been doing it almost a year. But literally, Richard, 30 minutes later, I got up to get a drink of water, and I was like, uh-uh, no way. My hips, I'm walking. What? The stuff cured me, like, in 30 minutes from... I'd say ridiculous agony. And so I started taking it every day, every day. My brain started to clear up. I started going public about getting hit by a weapon. And I was like, did anybody else get hit? And all these people wrote on Facebook. And all these people started writing me letters. And I was like, oh, my God, a lot of people got hit. And then the next conference, I think they were testing a different frequency because then all these people had flu-like symptoms. Three people died. Listen, we're out of time, but we're going to have to continue this discussion. You know what we'll do? We'll carry this on over. We'll get you on my podcast, and we'll just continue this conversation. It's really important. It's never been more important because people are getting hurt. I have dozens of reports from people that wrote to me that got hurt at UFO events. But for me, because I got hit twice, I'm not going. So the only shows I'm doing are people like you and Coast to Coast. I will do Skype. I will do Zoom. But I'm not showing up at any of these events and going on the shooting gallery because I love my body. All right. We'll talk soon. All the best. Thank you. You too.